Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy best friends forever. All right, let's do this. Fantasy best friends forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Frank Stample. No Greg Sussman around. He's off doing. Jerry Duty, or that's what he calls it. I like to call it Judy Duty. He's probably out planning something for his wedding that he didn't want to tell us about. He's got to keep it a secret. It's all right, Greg. We know what you're up to. But regardless, we're going to have a great show today. I want to talk about some of the latest stuff that's going on throughout spring training. We will be joined by Matt Modica as well, my good buddy, who I just found out I'm competing against in the NFBC main event. We knew that we would be playing in the overall against each other. But we just found out that we are actually in the same exact 15-team league over on the NFBC, which uh, that draft will be taking place Saturday at 1 p.m. Should be a lot of fun. A stacked field. Uh, Justin Mason also in that draft. Uh, We have Ryan Bloomfield as well in that draft. So it should be a lot of fun. And I believe that we'll be broadcasting there as well on Saturday. So uh, I'm sure Greg will be there to, uh, to rip my team to shreds and let me... And tell everyone exactly what I'm doing wrong throughout the draft. It's actually a great time of year. It's obviously fantasy baseball is coming. Baseball season is right around the corner. We have spring training every single day. Starting pitchers are starting to go deeper into games. Uh, getting more and more ADP data for these drafts. But I mean, Antonio Brown traded to the Raiders yesterday. Fantasy basketball playoffs are going on. It's just a wild, wild time right now. A lot going on. So... Very excited about that. Uh, yes, Metallica. Metallica intro means no Greg today. Uh, hopefully he's back tomorrow. I don't know how long this uh, duty duty is going to last for him. Uh, but I mentioned I want to talk about some of the some of the latest uh, headlines and news that are going on throughout spring training for fantasy baseball purposes. Also going to talk to Matt Modica, and later on in hour two we'll have Chris Ventra, the closer, going to join us up here in studio. I want to talk about. Finding home runs and strikeouts, specifically late in your draft. And I kind of teased this the past couple of weeks. This is something that I've been wanting to do where try and help people find specific players that will help out in certain categories later on in your draft. So you could write some of these players down. And, you know, if you're doing your roto draft or your head-to-head categories draft, and you look down at your roster and you say, you know what? I feel like I'm a little weak at home runs. I feel like I'm a little weak in batting average. Maybe I'm a little weak in stolen bases. Each day this week, I'm going to try and find players that are going outside the top 200 in NFBC ADP and let you know some of those players that can help you in those specific categories. So today, we're going to be talking about finding home runs and strikeouts, specifically late in your drafts. Again, these are players that are going outside the top 200 in NFBC ADP. But I mentioned right off the top, I wanted to jump into some of these spring training headlines and things that are going on around in baseball Specifically, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You see it in the headline right here if you're watching on YouTube or listening whenever you are listening. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. dealing with an oblique strain, a grade one oblique strain. So is he actually dealing with an oblique strain or is this an excuse to 
have people stop chattering about, you know, him going down even when he's ready to play just so they get the extra year of service time uh, out of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Whatever it is, I think that we might be looking at a buying opportunity here with Vladimir Guerrero, a player that most of the draft season has been going in the third round that I've seen in 15-team drafts. In my great fantasy baseball invitational, we actually spoke with James Anderson from Rotowire on Friday about his team and specifically Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and what he expects this year. He took Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with pick 41, his first hitter in the draft. He started with two starting pitchers, comes around in the third round, and takes Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as his first hitter. Seems like a risky strategy, but when you hear James talk about you know, what he's expecting from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. this year, it doesn't sound that crazy. He told us he expects you know a 315 batting average, almost 30 home runs, almost 100 RBIs, so... Very lofty expectations for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but because of this oblique injury that he suffered from over the weekend, I think we might be getting a little bit of a buying opportunity here. So this is per Rob Silver on Twitter. Make sure you check out Rob Silver's stuff on Twitter as well. Uh, great high-stakes player. I know that he's, he's won an overall before as well. So this is per him on Twitter. From March 1st through 9th, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s ADP was 41.83 in, in the month of March. Over the past two days... His ADP has dropped to fifty six point six, so that excites me a little bit. And I hear, I hear a little, uh, hear a little bit in the background over here. Uh, do we have Matt Modica? No, not happening. All right. Well, all right. We can't. He can't hear it yet. Uh, so let's make sure that we mute Matt Modica for now until we figure out what's going on here. But with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., look, the ADP is dropping fifteen picks. Now, I understand if you're worried about the oblique injury, if you think this, is, this might be a real injury for him and maybe this delays when he's going to be ready to actually join the big league club in, in Toronto, right? if you think this pushes him back to the end of April or the beginning of May now, then I understand you're not going to be one of these people that sees this as a buying opportunity for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because now instead of him missing two weeks, maybe he misses a month. I'm not necessarily buying that. You know, it's not a conspiracy theory, but I... Kind of thing, even if this injury is real, it's very mild. It's it's grade one oblique injury. And I understand obliques can linger, but I'm more so in the camp thinking here that the Blue Jays are just trying to, like, make something up here so that we can, uh, so that they can keep Vladimir Guerrero Jr. down and, you know, people aren't talking about, uh, you know, service time issues and not starting him uh, on opening day, even though I think he's ready to play. I don't think that he has anything left to prove, but... Um, you know, so for me, I actually do see this as a bit of a buying opportunity. And I'm being told now that it's Modica Monday, which means I got to get Matt Modica here on the line. Matty Mo, what is going on, my man? Oh, what is going on? Me and you could be squaring off in a few days. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun time in the uh, Stewart Hotel on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a great time. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Modica, but the uh, the draft picks haven't been announced at the draft order. But we do know that it's uh, me, you, Ryan Bloomfield, I know, is in this, uh, Justin Mason, uh, uh, other great players as well. Uh, but they haven't announced the actual draft order yet, correct? I believe that's coming at 1 o'clock. I thought they used to do it earlier in the past, but it'll be it, it happens five days out. 1 p.m. will be exactly, you know, five days out from Saturday. So, uh as soon as this uh, as soon as this hour ends, we should be getting them. I'm looking forward to it, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, you know, anytime anyone has the opportunity to draft with a bunch of your other league mates live in person, like 
that's I mean that's part of the uh, what makes fantasy so fun is being able to draft and seeing competition, uh, your friends and your other league mates in person. So not only that, you know, I'm getting to do it on like one of the, the the biggest stages here. You know, at the Stewart Hotel at the in the NFBC main event with the uh, with my co teammate. Greg Bynan, who you see here on the network, he does Red Felt Breaks on Wednesday nights. But, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Do you have any advice for me, or you're just you're not going to help me out here at all? No, I'll, I'll give you advice. I mean, just do what you planned on doing. Don't get caught up in it and stuff like that. I mean, enjoy it. Uh, as you mentioned, there's friends of ours that will be in this league. But I guarantee you'll make a lot more friends when you uh, leave uh, one of the best things I ever did was getting involved in the high stakes. Uh, NFBC, NFFC, they do a great job. I'll be going to Vegas next Thursday. So uh, this is the start of uh, for the next two weeks. I'm just pumped, counting down the hours and minutes. For sure, man. It's going to be sick. I'm looking forward to it. Got a lot of drafts coming up. I have the GDD auction on Thursday night, so that's going to be at the House of Brews. So if you're around and you want to you come uh, – you know, see a bunch of people hovered over their computers and auctioning for fantasy baseball. Feel free to join us Thursday night around 6.30, 7 p.m. at the House of Brews. We'll all be auctioning from there. Myself, Greg, I know Nando's going to be there. Adam Ronis is going to be there, so that's going to be a really good time. But you're right. This is this kicks off really, like, the main mm-hmm. time. Like, the next two, three weeks are just going to be crazy in terms of uh, the draft season for fantasy baseball. Maddie, you might have heard me talking about Vladimir Guerrero here a little bit. Uh, at the start of the show, dealing with a grade one oblique strain. I wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, whether or not this injury is real, because, I mean, look, we don't know, but to me, it sounds like something that they can make up here so that they can keep him down and people aren't talking about, you know, the fact that he's not starting on opening day. Uh, So I don't really worry about this as much. And I mentioned that Rob Silver tweeted out that over the past two days, his ADP has dropped like 15 spots. So I know in, uh, in Tout Wars last week, he ended up going in the fifth round, and that's a 15-team league. In my great fantasy baseball invitational, he went in the third round, so that's a 15-team league. If I can get Vladimir Guerrero Jr. now more so in the fifth round than where he was going in the third, I'm going to be a lot more apt to do something like that. How do you feel about everything that's going on with Vlad? you think this creates a buying opportunity? Where are you at on this? Well, I mean, number one, I don't know if they could really do a fake injury on him because then the player could have a grievance. That's where I would look at that, especially with you know how heightened the situation is. Everybody's expecting it to happen. You know, he was supposed to come up, you know, uh, 12 days after, like the Chris Bryant treatment, all that. I will say this, though. If uh, Vlad's ADP was to fall last season in the 34 main events that took place, Ronald Acuna's ADP over that span was uh, 80th. And that's an area I'm a lot more willing to get invested in. I took Acuna on a couple of teams. I like pick 75 or in that range. The thing with Vlad is you're basically asking him. He's got to do, he's got to do everything at his current ADP. He's got to hit the average home runs, and say now he doesn't come till, you know, he misses a full month. You got to add that into your projections and what he is going to do over the course of a full season. So that's kind of where you're at closer to it. You think he misses maybe a full month and he's more, you know, the end of April, maybe beginning of May, more so than that mid-April that we were expecting uh, before this injury? I I think it's got to be at least a consideration. I'm not saying that that's going to happen. You know, maybe this is a a smokescreen and he's really not injured. I don't see the player signing off on that, though. 
uh, you know, just due to everything, you know, how heightened this situation in particular is. So, you know, if he's going to miss three weeks, I'm sure they're going to want to give him a week or two to get some at-bats before just, you know, throwing him up into the uh, MLB. So I think it's going to pro- prolong his uh, stay for at least another week or two. Yeah, so three weeks from today would put him right around April 1st. That's April Fool's Day. And then, you know, I agree with you. I think he's going to at least have to get a few weeks extended spring training, whatever it might be, uh, down in the minor league. So I still think that we could get him maybe third week of April. I'm, I'm looking at this a little bit more optimistic. Uh, you know, if he's going 15 picks later than where he was going before, you know, more so in the end of the fourth round, if I get him in the, the early fifth round, I'm more apt to, to take a shot on him there. But, you know, I wanted to ask you about his, uh, his minor league teammate and, you know, current spring training teammate, Obachet. Now, are people not talking about him enough? Because I'm looking at what he's doing in the spring, and you know, he's I think he's a little bit overshadowed because Vladimir Guerrero, how great he's been, right? But we have two, you know, second generation players here, and Bachet has been awesome for years. I know he hasn't played above double A, but you know, he has four home runs in the spring already. He had two home runs yesterday, one off of Jake Odorizzi and one off Michael Pineda. I mean, those are major league pitchers. I, you know, I I like to believe. I think Bo Bichette is pretty close too, but no one's talking about him. He, you know, he might come up later on in the season. Maybe he's a June call up or, but you know, if he's raking down in the minors, I don't see why they don't give him a shot. And you know, his, his NFBC ADP is 640. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's basically free. I mean, should we be talking about Bo Bichette a little bit more uh, than we are right now? Uh, I mean, I don't see it outside of a keeper league or like uh, maybe AL only. We, we get him in a reserve late. Just because I don't see Toronto starting his clock. Look what they did with Vlad last year. Uh, this is not a winning team. So even if he deserves the promotion, I got to think it happens after the All-Star break. It's definitely not going to happen anytime before June. I, I mean, that would be crazy, all things considered, with this team as they are currently constructed and have no window to win right now. So, I mean, I'm just looking at from a financial standpoint with the Blue Jays, it doesn't make sense. They held Vlad down the whole year. So I would think post-All-Star break at the earliest. All righty. I mean, I can't disagree with you. I, look, uh, the Blue Jays are not going to compete this year, and they're, already call, they're, they're expected to call up Vlad early on in the season, so why would they rush the clock for Boba Shed? I, I hear what you're saying there. I'll tell people, look, if you play in uh, leagues where you have minor league spots, of, uh, two of my home leagues, we get two minor mm-hmm. league spots, and they're keeper leagues. I mean, he's one of the, you know, one of the top guys that I'm looking at. I mean, Jesus Luzardo might start the year in the majors, but I mean, him too, obviously. But I think Bo Bichette, look, if you can afford to stash him, if you have one of those those uh, those minor league spots, he's one, I think he's one of the top hitters that I'm looking at, Matty Mo. I'm not doubting any of his skills and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, like you said, if you have that minor league spot, I know like Yahoo had it, and if you can put that player in there, that's fine. And it's like say a keeper league, something like that. I, I think that's a that's a good move. But if like you're in the NFBPC, you 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 can't draft Bo Bichette coming this uh you know this weekend or the following, because there's no way you're gonna be able to hold on to him. Mm-hmm. You know, even if he was to come up uh, post All Star break, because you're gonna have to make moves. You're gonna have injuries. There's only seven spots. So in a league like that, I don't see how you can how you can draft him. Yeah, I don't disagree with you either. I mean, we had more news yesterday. We had Adam Jones sign with the with the Diamondbacks a one year deal. 
He still hit 281 last year. I know some people were tweeting at me asking about Adam Jones. I mean, maybe we have to stash him. Do we have to pick him up? I'm not very excited about Adam Jones. I mean, it took him this long to sign for a reason. I know he's a great guy. Everything that he's done for the game, done off the field, on the field. He's been great for years. But last year, just 15 home runs, seven stolen bases. He just doesn't really contribute much anymore, Matt. So, um, you know, what does this do for the rest of the D-backs? I think that's what where there's more fallout here than anything else because – you know, David Peralta is going to play in left, and Steven Sousa is going to play in right. Adam Jones is going to play every day in center field. I think that's going to affect uh, Kettle Marte, who they were expecting to play in center field, and now he's kind of like a super utility role. So, you see anything else? I, that see, I don't think Kettle Marte loses playing time. Oh, really? You still I, think he'll play the infield? I, I think it would be like a Wilmer Flores who's at the greatest risk here. Kettle Marte is part of their future, a guy they signed for a couple of years. Well, that's not good. Greg's not going to like that, Matty Mo, because Greg was a big Wilmer Flores guy uh, throughout the draft season here. So there you go. I mean, not so much Kettle Marte. Matty Mo expects it to affect Wilmer Flores. That's the signing of Adam Jones with the Diamondbacks. As I mentioned, we'll talk about some more uh, hitters that are going later on in your drafts that can provide power. We'll do all that. Fantasy Best Friends Forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Weekend Fantasy Update And uh, anyone want to guess what Bryce Harper's walk-up song in his first at-bat was for the Philadelphia Phillies? Anyone? Anyone? <sighs> You'll never get it, but it makes some sense. All right, all right, all right. What is it? If you watch the show, his woke-up song was Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Now he's no, 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 no. Back into Philadelphia, born and raised. Uh, yeah. It's a playground. It's most of my days. Most of my days. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, good for him. So, uh, Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Frank Stample here with Matt Modica on a Modica Monday. No Greg Sussman around. Told me he had Jerry Duty. I don't know. I don't, I'm not really buying it, Matty Mo. I think, I think he's got some duty duty, something he's got to do for his wedding. He's been running around like a chicken without a head. He's planning this wedding, and he's got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So, I mean, he told me Jerry Duty. He's telling everyone else that. I'm not really buying it, Matty Mo. 
I do like the term Judy Duty. So <laughs> Judy Duty. You heard the Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme there, and you heard the promo with uh, with Bryce Harper walking out to that uh, throughout spring training. And uh, Matt, I didn't really get your thoughts on Harper signing. I mean, I don't think that there's much to really evaluate. I think it's obviously much better that he signs in Philly, outside, uh, you know, in a place like San Francisco. I didn't understand any of that San Francisco talk at all while it was going on. Um, have you been doing any drafts recently? I'm sure you have, but have you seen him actually climb up the draft board a little bit? Because I got him in my great fantasy baseball invitational at pick 23, and uh, that was before he was signed. And I think all things considered now, I am pretty damn excited to get him that late in the draft. I think he's more of a first-round player uh, in, in 15-team Roto Leagues. Yeah, I think he's still staying in that end of the first, uh, early second. He moved up from that, you know, uh, 23 range, early 20s, which he was falling into. I had gotten him at 20 at one point. But it was the best-case scenario to sign with Philadelphia fantasy-wise. I think he really wanted to be a Dodger or a Yankee, but they weren't involved. And the other thing that it really did was it uh, it kept Victor Robles's fantasy status very good because if Harper would have went back, that could have been a problem. So I'm happy about that as well. Yeah, for sure. Victor Robles, a very uh, very polarizing player here throughout the draft season. I know in uh, in the Tower Wars mixed league last week, he went in the fourth round. And <laughs> look, I know people want to find stolen bases, but. Fourth round for Victor Robles, Matt? I mean, that's, uh, I mean, I know you want to get your guys, but that seems a little Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a big Robles guy, but yeah, the fourth round is, uh, you know, I think you're looking at him to do, he's, he's got to like exceed the 100% pro- projection <laughs> on, on that for him to be in the fourth round. Yeah. So uh, I, I think he's a player that, you know, I really like, but the fourth round is, not an area that I that I would be drafting. Yeah, I had Ian Conn in studio, and he said uh, his player comp for uh, Victor Robles was Starling Marte, and maybe one day he gets there. But Starling Marte is going in like the early third round in drafts, and Victor Robles going in in the fourth round in that draft. I mean, you'd have to have Victor Robles basically turn into Starling Marte this year, or at least come close to it. You know, you're you're looking at like twelve to fifteen home runs and maybe thirty plus stolen bases and. Obviously, where he bats in the lineup is going to fluctuate his counting numbers, too. So I think he's expected to start at the bottom of that Nationals lineup. Maybe if he hits or an injury to Adam Eaton, which definitely could happen, uh, brings him higher in the lineup. But as of right now, I mean, uh, you would need some lofty numbers for Victor Robles for him to pay off there. Uh, Matt, I I mentioned early on in the show that I uh, wanted to talk about some hitters and pitchers who were going outside the top 200 in eighty in NFBC ADP, you know some guys later on that you know if you're looking down at your roster and you think, all right, I'm a little bit light on home runs, I'm a little bit light on strikeouts. Like these are some of these guys that you can target. It also kind of ties into what I wanted to do: talk about some of these spring training storylines because two names that are just rocketing up draft boards as of right now are San Diego Padres, and that's with Matt Strom and Chris Paddock. I know, look, Chris Paddock has been like everyone's darling all of a sudden. Uh, because of what he's been doing in the spring. And I think it's warranted, but we also have to temper expectations because this is a guy who hasn't thrown many innings in the minor leagues. And then with Matt Strom, he's interesting. I know over the weekend, he threw four scoreless innings. He had eight strikeouts with no walks. I know this is a guy that Nando was touting for a long time, put on like 20, 30 pounds in the offseason because he wanted to become a starter and have an opportunity for the Padres rotation. So, you know, what are you doing with these two guys right now? Have you been drafting either of them? Have you been targeting either of them? You know, there was a few stories that Paddock wanted to be the opening day starter for the Padres. As much as he wants it, and even though he might deserve it, 
I can't see that happening because again, you know, that would start his his clock as well. So I, I think he gets a few weeks down in the minor leagues. What are you doing with both Matt Strom and Chris Paddock right now? Yeah, I mean, Paddock's uh, ascension has been uh, something to see. I tweeted out the other day his ADP from back in November and each uh, following month. In my first draft champions, I got him with the fourth pick of the 40th round. And at that, it was just, you know, I never thought he would even get anywhere near as close to the buzz we're getting now, to be honest. And he's somebody you have to consider. I look at it as... You don't have a lot of guys you throw in even 150 innings right now. That's why I kind of preach, get that starting pitching foundation. When you build that foundation early, uh, with you guys are, you know, that have either have a track record or studs and should give you that, you know, base, you can take a uh, you can take a flyer on one of these guys. And I think you want to be in the mix of a. Uh, a Paddock, a Forrest Whitley, Lazardo, uh, Urias, Reyes, and, and even Matt Strom. Matt Strom was a guy last year after the All-Star break. I pretty much fabbed on every team thinking he was going to get a, uh, a role as a starter down the stretch for the Padres, and that never came to fruition. And I was pretty pissed off about that, but he's somebody that I would be looking at here. And I, I think he's another armor interest now later on. And you're going to have to make some gambles on guys. And they're not all going to pan out. But that doesn't mean you don't uh, have that approach. Yeah, so for Chris Paddock last year, between high A ball and double A, he pitched 90 innings. So I got two more questions your way, Matty. What, what, would you, what would you set as a realistic projection for Chris Paddock's innings this year with everyone talking about him and him really climbing up draft boards? And then... Uh, between him and Matt Strom, they're kind of both going in a similar range now. Over the past, uh, since March 1st on NFBC ADP, we have Matt Strom at 347 ADP, and we have Paddock at 313. Uh, who do you prefer between these two, and how many innings do you think Paddock uh, ultimately gets this year in the majors? Well, that's a tough one. Uh, right now, it's probably Paddock. And I, I think, look, I think 120 is something it all depends on on the Padres and how their season's going as well. They can shut these guys down early, instead of having successful years and say, you know what, it's been a win-win here. I'm really not a Verducci effect kind of guy. I think that's been disproven in the past. I, I'm a fan of Tom Verducci, but I think that's gotten uh, blown out of proportion. I think you need to judge pitchers on uh, their performance what they can handle individually. You know, some guys like Matt Harvey would tire out after 100 pitches pretty much every time. And, you know, that became something real. So that I believe in. But not everybody is Matt Harvey or, you know, some guys can go longer. So I, I think they'll do it on a on a case-by-case, -case, you know, basis. And if I can get, you know, if, if Chris Paddock was to pitch to, say, a 350 ERA, give you 120 innings, strike out, you know, more than a batter per inning with a with a good whip. You know, that's a valuable feature. I'm not saying this is all going to happen. But, you know, uh, Forrest Whitley, he's another guy. He's ready, and it's just about when it happens. So I think these are guys you have to be interested in. And Matt Strom, I mean, Strom and Paddock, you put them in that rotation, and it's a hell of a lot better with those two, a Joey Lucchese, and you, you have a, a young team with some possibilities.
Yeah, I think they the the pitching is a little more uh, intriguing now with some of these guys around. You know, they're not throwing out the Brian Mitchells anymore, former Yankee yeah. great, uh, and whoever else they can find. It's like Jared Weaver was on this team like two seasons ago or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I was a little uh, a suspect on the, the Padres pitching before. You know, all these guys are starting to come to fruition here in the spring. And, you know, I mentioned both guys as players who are going outside the top 200. They're going outside the top 300. And I think both of them could actually help you out with strikeouts this year as well. Uh, but Paddock, I mean, seriously, with the whip too, I'm looking at him at every level that he's been at in the minors. He's had a 1.00 whip or better. Last year at high A, he had a 0.90 whip. And at double A, he had a 0.72 whip. I mean, this is a guy who has great command, does not walk a lot of guys. I mean, his walks per nine, each of the past you know, three levels he's been at have been under one, Matt. So, I mean, he's, he doesn't walk anyone. He gets a lot of ground balls, and, and he's getting strikeouts here in the spring, too. So, a lot to like. You know, these Padres guys are rocketing up draft boards a little bit, but I think it is warranted. I think both guys are very talented. I want to jump in here a little bit on some of these home run hitters he could get outside the top 200. We'll bounce between uh, some of these home run hitters and some of these guys that could give you strikeouts. We'll bounce back and forth. And another guy, if, if I'm talking about players who are rocketing up draft boards, Matt, I got to bring up Domingo Santana because, I mean, what he's doing right now in the spring, everyone is getting excited. Over the past, you know, since March 1st, rather, uh, on NFBC, his ADP is all the way up to 204. And I know this was a guy who, it seemed like just a month ago, was going outside the top 300. Now he's going, you know, close to uh, 200 in NFBC ADP. And what I said about him last week with Greg was, even if he gives you 75 to 80% of what he did with Milwaukee two years ago, when he had a breakout year, you know, 30 home runs, close to 15 stolen bases, if he gives you 23 to 25 homers and a, you know, 260 batting average and, and 10 stolen bases, he's going to pay off where he's being drafted right now. So do you have shares of Domingo Santana? Do you think that this rise up draft boards is warranted right now? <laughs> I think it's expected because, like you said, he's a year removed from that 30-15 season. He has a roster spot. There's no doubt about that. He, you know, he's penciled in. You don't have to worry about it. So he's he's one of quite a few guys. I like uh, 200 and on. I, I think you have uh, various options, and you know, I I think it's going to be interesting to see where he goes this weekend and next weekend. Yeah, that w- that's Domingo Santana. He's gonna, I think he's going to play every single day for the for the Seattle Mariners. I mean, it's a it's a it's a change of you know a change of scenery kind of play here. He gets out of Milwaukee. He didn't do anything wrong to lose his job when he was in Milwaukee. He actually performed quite admirably. Again, I mean that 2017 season, 30 home runs, 88 runs scored, 85 RBIs, a 278 batting average, and something that's underrated in his game, Matt is a 12% walk rate. I mean, even if you play an OBP or if you play in a points league, even if you lose points for strikeouts, that's somewhat mitigated because he walks so much. So, I mean, I think he's a quality player. He's not a good defender. And so, you know, maybe he is a better fit for AL than he is for the National League. But he didn't do anything wrong to lose his job when he was in Milwaukee. It was just that, you know, the team goes out and trades for Yelich and they sign Lorenzo Cain and then boom, he's out of a job. It's not really his fault, you know? Yeah, and you had Jesus Aguilar, you know, take off. So he was pretty much squeezed out. You still got Braun there. Braun's going to play. <clears throat> so, yeah, like you said, it it, it was a perfect uh, fit for the player moving to uh, Seattle, and he should be a good fit for fantasy. Another guy I wanted to throw out here at you, Matt, I don't have any shares of, and I'm interested to see 
hear what you think about him is Kyle Schwarber, who's going at 208 since March 1st in NFBC ADP. And I don't have any shares of him. I feel like the Cubs kind of mess around a little bit too much with their players. I mean, at this point, it's like, it's okay because, you know, at, at 208 ADP, I mean, you're not investing as much as you have been in years past with a guy like Kyle Schwarber. He still hit 26 home runs last year. He still hits the ball extremely hard. He hits the ball in the air. But, I mean, his struggles against left-handed pitching at this point uh, you know, he's got about 1,300 plate appearances at the major league level. They're pretty legitimate. So, Kyle Schwarber, I mean, how do you feel about him? Has he been a target of yours? Um, can he hit 30 home runs? I mean, I think, you know, he's actually projected to hit 30 home runs by uh, by the bat here. I, I know earlier on when I looked at his projections, the bat projections from Derek Carty, he was one of three players who were projected to hit three home runs who were going outside the top 200 ADP. So, I thought that was actually pretty valuable. How do you feel about Kyle Schwarber? Look, I think he's, yeah, the, the power, there's no doubt about that. I think he's, uh, you know, a, a guy who really can't play in the field. I think he's more of a DH. Uh, I would have thought maybe the Cubs would have made a move and got him somewhere in the American League. But, I mean, I'd rather have, I'll be honest, I'd rather have a Randall Grychuk than uh, Kyle Schwarber. Well, that's an interesting name, too, because, all right, so uh, Grychuk is going at pick 241 since March 1st. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, we we know. We've heard it for years now. I mean, there's probably been so many people burned by Randall uh, Grychuk at this point that, you know, it's, you know, some people are not going to go back to that well. But again, I think he's going to have an everyday job playing with Toronto. He always hits the ball hard. He's he just he struggles with the strikeouts. I mean, you know, it's it's breaking balls. Whenever I see this guy like swinging a breaking ball, it's like he's, he's swinging and missing every single time. That's you know what I've seen out of out of Grichuk early on in his career. I don't think anyone's doubting the power. It's just I feel like a lot of people have been burned by him. Why do you like uh, Why do you like Grichuk more than Kyle Schwarber at their current cost? Hey, look, I've been burned by him more than once. Uh, he's a bit cheaper. I think he can, you know, he'll play every day. There's not a doubt about that. I'm not saying he's some great defender and stuff like that. He's much better than uh, Kyle Schwaber. And uh, the other thing, too, is he's made some improvements at the plate. He still has issues and still needs to resolve things. But this is a guy that, I mean, he has power. He hits 25 home runs in like 400 and something at-bats. So if he ever does get to, you know, 550 to 600 at bats, you know, you could really have a uh, bargain here. Yeah, I'm looking at his line from last year. He hits 25 home runs, drives into 61, hits 245. I mean, I think both guys are going to have some batting bats? averages. How many at bats did he have last year? He only had 424. And what did he have the, the previous year? He's never had more than 446. He had 412 right. in 2017. And he, he and he can hit the power. So it's it's about if he can ever if, if he can ever attain the at bats. You know, you, if you want power late, this is a guy, in in my opinion. Yeah, and I'm looking at Kyle Schwarber, his splits for his career. I mentioned it against lefties. I mean, it's bad. It's really bad. It's <laughs> You know, it's 182 batting average and a 608 OPS against lefties with 36% strikeout rate for Kyle Schwarber, whereas against righties, you know, the strikeout rate's still not great, but 27%, 240 batting average with an 858 OPS. I mean, so those are stark differences, and we know – uh, Joe Madden is one of these guys where he's kind of going to play the matchups. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think you, you take the 30, 40 picks difference here between him and Grichuk. And, you know, again, Grichuk did 25 home runs in 125 games last year in 424 at-bats. We really do think that he could play every single day. And we're looking at, 
you know, 550 at bats at least. You're getting 30 home runs here. This is cheap 30 home run pop at pick 240. So this is where it's good being on a bad team. A guy like Gritchek, he's there's no reason for them not to play him every day. Yeah, I agree with you too. And, and look, it's a it's a great division in terms of ballparks that he's gonna hit in too, right? So I mean He's going to Yankee Stadium. He's going to Fenway. He's going to Camden. And obviously playing in Toronto is a pretty good ballpark as well. Uh, you know, the Blue Jays are not going to compete this year. We know that it's a rebuilding year for them. But the lineup should still be pretty good, no? I mean, how about Justin Smoke? Also, you know, within the same lineup, he's going outside the top 220 picks. And you know, I've seen a lot a lot of people kind of uh, touting the, the, the Justin Smoke bounce back this year. Is he a guy that you're looking at as, you know, a corner infield target? Well, I mean, at first base, if you waited and you missed out, he's uh, somebody that, you know, could fill that role. Uh, he did really good things for me a couple of years ago in my AL only league. He helped me win that. But, you, you know, even players on bad teams are going to produce. Yeah, they definitely are. Uh, you know, we see that uh, with some of these Seattle Mariners now that we're talking about who are getting propped up. I mean, they're not expected to be a great team, but those guys are still going to be good for fantasy. So we come back. We're going to have a couple more of these guys that you can get for cheap pops and home runs, some strikeouts as well. It's Matt Modica, Frank Stample, Fantasy BFS on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Roto Experts. Insight as to where uh, Kimbrell might end up. Maybe uh, with the Phillies that I had heard there with a short-term deal. But this guy, he wanted six years, right? Well, that, that's not I mean, listen, he picked the I know it's not happening. But <laughs> to all of a sudden, to, to one that's huge, he went to six years over $100 million. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Craig. Weren't you just replacing the World Series because you couldn't get anybody out? You couldn't go over the plate. You picked the wrong year to demand this. Sundays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 360. Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 8 843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network. Who are you trying to get crazy with this thing? Don't you know I'm local? The NFL Scouting Combine has come and gone, and with the 2019 NFL Draft just around the corner, 
For serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. And Matty Moe, I know that your guy, Antonio Brown, was going to be your guy. I know you're a Buffalo Bills fan. It didn't happen. (laughs) How you feeling about that? Are you cool with it? I mean, it was like a roller coaster of emotion. I go to sleep on uh, Thursday night. I think Antonio Brown's a bill. I wake up. I find out it's not happening. Well, see, I missed that news that night. I was, uh, I don't know what I was doing. Something with the wife. And I woke up to it. and It seemed like, you know, first thing I saw on Twitter from people was like, yeah, Antonio Brown's going to be a bills. And I would honestly, I would have loved it. We have had no wide receivers for like what seems forever. Sammy Watkins had an eight-game run. Besides that, I got to go back to like Terrell Owens and stuff like that. <laughs> Look, I'm happy that AB got his money and all that good stuff, but I didn't like, and I'm a fan of AB. I don't like the way he acted this past year, on and off. So at 140, we will actually have Jim Day on Skype to talk about the Antonio Brown trade from a fantasy perspective. I know some people are already diving into like best ball drafts and stuff, so we'll talk about that. It'll be a lot of fun. But, joined live in studio now, Greg Sussman is here. He got out of jury duty, Judy duty, <laughs> I, I did it. whatever I, you want to call it. I did not get out Are of jury duty. Break? Is I'm on a two-hour lunch. They gave us from 12.15 to 2.30. Look at this. And I'm like, I can come in here, be on the air, talk to Maddie Mo for an hour, learn, and then rush off while you talk to Jim Day and go back. So I was like, let me get out of here. This let me talk to Frank and Modica and, and come back. So Maddie Mo, man, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I found out this morning me and Frank are going uh, head-to-head in the main event on Saturday. What picks do you guys have? We don't know yet. We're going to find out at 1 o'clock, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, we knew we were going to be competing in the overall against each other, but now we'll find out what we're actually in the same So league. now so now that you guys are in the same league, has Matt not said anything for the last 40 no, minutes? No, I've been writing down everything he's been saying. <laughs> like, Randall Grichuk is a target of his. Right. So, I mean, we, we've been talking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping notes over here, Greg. Perfect. Yeah, so we got Randall Grichuk. We were talking about... You know, players who are going outside the top 200 that you can target late in your drafts to help you with power. And then we were also going to jump into strikeouts. So some home runs and strikeout guys that can help you out in your rotisserie and head-to-head categories league that are going uh, later in drafts. So far, we've talked about Schwarber, Domingo Santana, and Richuk. And we briefly mentioned Justin Smoke. Do any of those players tickle your fancy? Group? Yeah, so obviously Domingo Santana, we talked about him a lot last week, you and I. And- I'm actually surprised he's still going outside the top 200. I thought, and maybe this weekend it will kind of change everything. Uh, but I have a feeling Domingo Santana is going to go up. Justin Smoke, man, uh, when you're looking late for that corner infielder still playing in Toronto, I think there's a lot to like with Justin Smoke. He doesn't really cost you anything, as you guys said. And the power's real. We know it's there, still playing in a good ballpark. So Justin Smoke and Domingo Santana are the two names that interested me the most. Matty Mo, my thinking with Justin Smoke was, I mean, he's going at pick 236 and going around, you know, 250, 15 spots later, 14, 15 spots later, is CJ Crone. You know, I was actually talking to Florio over the weekend about the Minnesota Twins lineup. I'm pretty bullish on the Twins lineup. And he said, 
you know, he kind of worried about CJ Crone's everyday playing time because Marwin Gonzalez was there. Well, now Marwin Gonzalez is probably going to play every single day because of the injury to Miguel Sano. But, you know, I think if I get a round difference on a guy like CJ Crone, why wouldn't I just take that? Because, I mean, he's a guy who just hit 30 home runs, right? So where are you at on Crone versus Smoke? Do you prefer one or the other or do you prefer neither? I would probably prefer Smoke here. I'd take Josh Bell over both of them, though. He's going after Venture's going to be Venture's going to love that when he comes up here an hour or two. Uh, Venture's all over the Josh Bell uh, bandwagon as well. I mean, I don't know what there isn't to like. The guy's got uh, really good plate skills. I mean, he had a 26-homer season two years ago. What did he hit last year? Like 12. I think he's somewhere in that middle. Uh, HQ uh, really pointed it out. It was one of my favorite blurbs in their uh, – Wonderful forecaster book. If he ever learns how to launch that ball, I mean, watch out. So, I mean, he's a guy I would take over both of them. I like Josh Bell. The problem is, and I mean, it could easily happen because he's only, what is he? He's 26 years old and he's going to turn 27 in August. So he's still young enough where he can make that jump and kind of do, you know, do some of these launch angle things that we're talking about here. So, I mean, the thing is we're projecting for dude to do something that he hasn't done yet before. It could easily happen. Again, like well, Yonder Alonso did it a couple of years ago. What's up? Didn't he hit like over 20 homers two years ago? Yeah, he had 26. But the, but the thing is, the batted ball data was still not great, though. I mean, the home run to fly ball ratio was 19% that year. And oh, all no, his, no. in his other two years, it's 9%. So, you know, will the real You're Josh right. Bell please stand up? You are right on that. But look at a guy like Eric Hosmer, who consistently was hitting over 20 homers. Look at a guy like Yellow, who had the horrible, you know, uh, Ground ball, the fly ball ratios. I mean, you can't do it. I'm not predicting to hit over 20 homers, but I think you can hit in the high teens, give you a good batting average, and do it that way. Like, what's the trade-off later on? Do you want average? Do you want to try and get 30 home runs? So that's where you got to, you know, fill your team needs. Yeah, here, here, Here's where I'm at with Josh Bell is, I don't even think the batting average is that much better than some of these other guys we're talking about. I don't know that he's that much better. When we're talking about, like, CJ Crone. Sure. I think Crone could be, like, a 250, 260 hitter. And Josh Bell has been 260 on the dot in his career. And that's, you know, that's 1355 plate appearances. So mm-hmm. I think we've had enough from Josh Bell where, you know, I'm not, personally, I'm not projecting him for like, you know, 270 and close to 20 home runs. So I think to me, he's just kind of a boring player because he doesn't really stand out anywhere, you know? Yeah, At yeah, least yeah. whereas with CJ Crone, I think he can hit 25 to 30 mm-hmm. home runs and sure. maybe drive in a decent amount, you know, 75, 80, whatever it might be. I like the Twins lineup. Yeah, the thing with Florio, as Florio was saying, that CJ Crohn, I guess Smoke and Josh Bell fit this narrative as well. He's a really, really streaky player. Just really, really streaky. Well, you see power binges, and then you see that he can't get hits for a month or so. And that kind of scared you know, Mikey uh, off of CJ Crone a little bit. Not to say that Smoke and Josh Bell aren't streaky, because they are, certainly. Um, but as much as you like the Twins lineup, I know we keep going back to that, I don't know that he's any better than these guys. I want to transition into some of these players who are going to give me strikeouts now that you could get later on in drafts. Save some of these other power hitters for uh, Venture when he comes up here. He'll be around, right? So yeah. we can do that as well. Uh, Matt, you know, I have I have about six names here on the rundown mm-hmm. that are all going outside the top 200. I'm talking Alex Reyes, Tyler Skaggs, Zach Godley, Jimmy Nelson, Julio Urias, Michael Pineda all the way down at pick 342 right now. Uh, you know, give me one or two of these guys that you're really targeting if you need strikeouts late in your draft. Someone that uh, that that you're looking at here. Uh, I mean, I think Tyler Skaggs. Uh, the problem was last year it was finally coming to fruition, everything, and then he suffered. I, I believe it was like a hamstring or a groin injury, 
that, you know, kind of curtailed his whole season in the second half. Because, I mean, he was somebody that really made strides last season, uh, was pitching excellent, and, you know, a lot of us waited on it for a long time. And then that second half happened where he got injured. So uh, he's somebody, I mean, you can't bank him for a lot of innings, but if you can get around 150 innings for him, I think he'll give you the strikeouts. Like Jimmy Nelson, what he was doing was amazing, but it's been a while since he's been on a mound. I don't know where he's at. Uh, so, I mean, at 256, I'd rather take Urias at, you know, six picks later and gamble on a guy that pitches at Chavez Ravine, you know, who should be getting maybe, you know, maybe a little less innings than Nelson. But I don't think Nelson's getting all that this year anyway. Yeah, with Tyler Skaggs, we talked about him last week, Greg. And, you know, it was before he, he had like two blow-up games where he, you know, it blew up his yeah. ERA and, yeah. you know, gave up like 10 earned runs or something. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt. And once he came back, he wasn't really as good. But I point out the first 19 starts before those blow-ups and before he, you know, went on the DL, he had a 2.62 ERA with a 9.41 K per nine and a 2.54 walk per nine. So, He's giving you over a strikeout per inning, pretty good command. He's giving you a 2.62 ERA, 47% ground ball rate. There's lots of like with Tyler Skaggs. Yeah, there is. But isn't he hurt again? <laughs> when is he not, right? But, ser- but seriously, isn't, isn't he have like soreness somewhere? I think so. I, I think, think that was both him and Heaney. And he, I think they're both hurt, he, Matty. Heaney was. Uh, Skaggs was scratched from Sunday's start yesterday yeah. with left forearm fatigue. So there you go. They're both already hurt. This whole thing that we're waiting well, on, we say, hey. what you get at this range. <laughs> you're right. You're, you're not wrong, but, like, give me a guy that doesn't have left forearm soreness yet. Like, like you mentioned Urias. Like, I'd rather take the shot and see what we have there, see if he can become something. None of these guys are pitching 180, 200 innings. None of them. If you get 100 to 140, you're thrilled. And whoever is the safest bet to do that is the guy to pick in this range. And I don't know that it's Urias. I don't know that it's Skaggs. I don't know that it's Heaney. I don't know which one it is. If I did, they wouldn't be going in this range. But the fact is, whichever one you think that guy is, is the one to take. And Julio Urias is, a, is someone that's flat. You know, he's turning heads here in spring because he obviously has the prospect pedigree. I mean, he was one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. And it feels like he's been around forever, been talked about. He's only 22 years old. This is crazy. He's 22 years old, and he's, you know, he's hitting 97, 98 on the gun in spring here, and he's lighting it up, and, and he's turning heads, and now everyone's jumping back on uh, Julio Urias, but it's with the Dodgers. How do you differentiate all these guys? Yeah. Because I, they're all going, like, to me, what feels like a similar range. Or I mean, those other guys are going a little bit earlier with, with Ryu and Kenta Maeda and Ross Stripling, but it's like... How do you differentiate these guys? I think they're all really talented. So I think it's a fair question, and they are all really talented. I do want to note one thing that kind of separates Urias from these other guys, especially Jimmy Nelson. Urias came back last year, pitched in September, and pitched in the playoffs. So what, So this offseason, healthy, normal offseason for Urias. He's not a guy that was constantly injured either. He had the major surgery, and now he's working his way back. So that kind of lends me to toward drafting him. Now, to answer your question, Frankie, of what differentiates uh, Urias from Stripling and Maeda and Ryu, I think the answer is talent, dude. Like, all right, Walker Bueller. They're all talented, no? Well, they're all talented, but, like, Walker Bueller's the ace, right? Like, Walker Bueller's the best, along with Clayton Kershaw, if he was ever healthy, which he's not. But Kenta Maeda's never, I don't think, going to go deep enough into games. Ryu's never going to be able to stay healthy in his own right or go deep into games. Ross Stripling, after a really good first half, really plummeted in the second half. This prospect pedigree, maybe I'm buying way too much into it. This talent level, and again, maybe I'm buying into that health too much. 
it's better than these other guys, where I think if he's given an opportunity in the rotation to kind of run with it, I think he will. Since March 1st, all four of the Dodgers, and I'm talking about Ryu, Stripling, Kenta Maeda, and Julio Urias, are all going between picks 186 and 262. Matty, it's a huge range, dude. It's 80 picks. I mean, well, the other the other ones specifically are one between 186 and 208. So that's that's a that's a 22 pick range, and then Julio Urias is going at 260. So right. you're getting a huge discount on him sure. as compared to all these other guys. Matt, how do you how do you differentiate these Dodgers starting pitchers? Uh, do you prefer one over the other, or are you just taking the the savings and the discount on Urias because he's going the last out of all of them? Uh, I mean, I would like to get Urias at the, you know, if, he, if he's the latest, I mean, the last. But, I mean, there's guys like Maeda who, you know, consistently, they get it done. But the problem is, how are they going to use uh, Maeda? They've used him in the bullpen in the past, too. So he might get, you know, played around with a bit. Uh, as Greg uh, mentioned, Stripling was, you know, he was like an ace for yep. quite a while last season. Got injured and second half, you know. Never was really able to. They didn't even put him in that position. His starts weren't even that long. So I, I think he's somewhere in between there. I don't think he's as good as he was what he showed. I, I do think he's a good pitcher. I want to have. Uh, I want to be involved. But I mean, Rich Hill is probably still my favorite guy, and I don't know how far off he is from like that one eighty something range. He's, he's probably maybe one sixty eight since yeah. March first. So I mean, look uh, to me. You want to try and get, you know, one or two of these arms as, you know, late guys and, you know, help them as rotation, as complementary pieces, I like to call them. They're complementary pieces to your rotation. Uh, you, you know you're not getting uh, the innings, but you're going to get some uh, some solid ratios and strikeouts. So that's the way I look at it. Greg, who do you think is the odd man out right now? Because I'm looking at the roster resource for the Dodgers rotation. Yeah. They have five names here. Julio Urias is not one of them. I think he is going to be in the rotation to start the year. If I had to choose someone who I think might be the odd man out as Stripling. of right now, I would say Stripling. Yeah, I tend to, we'll I tend to agree with you. And I think he's really I good, disagree. too. You disagree. Who do you well, think's the odd man out? Uh, well, I, I think they're going to hold Urias off a little bit. I think they're going to – I think they want to maintain and manage his innings a little just because he, he had that devastating injury. I know he pitched last season and stuff. But I, I think he will be a part of this rotation. I don't know if he's going to be in the, you know, in the opening day rotation. And usually those first couple of weeks, you really don't even need five starters, most teams. You're going to have some off days because of weather and opening days where they want to have, you know, if, if teams need to uh, play rainouts. Yeah, I think that, so Matt's probably right by that, ultimately, that Urias, they're going to manage him and baby him more than these other guys. So... Opening day rotation, if that's what you want to uh, reference, he's not going to be there. But if you want the guy that you're going to want more than any of the other ones, mm-hmm. that's where I'm going to stick with Urias. Because I think I agree with that. That long term, he's the one you want to play, especially with. at his cost too. It's yeah. just when you're looking at everyone's ADP and he's going by far the the lowest out of all of them, and you know, arguably has the best talent. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with any of that. Uh, Matty Mo, make sure you follow him at CTM Baseball. You can find all his work over at the Athletic. Uh, Matt, what have you been working on recently? Uh, just dropped today. I did the average auction values. I've been doing an ADP series, and uh, this was the fourth installment of it. This uh, today dropped the auction values. I'm hoping to have my revised starting pitcher ranks out before the weekend, so I'll be working on that. Ideally, by Thursday would be 
very helpful to yeah, us. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I want to have it, you know, have it, have it to Nando by Wednesday, and he can do the editing magic that he does. Fantastic. Yeah, because we have a lot of people who uh, have auctions and drafts yes. on Thursday, and they've been specifically uh, they've, at six thirty. They've been clamoring for uh, <laughs> I, for I Matt Modica. Uh, I'll be in the city all weekend, so. Maybe Perfect. if I can get over to the house of brews. Love it. We'll, we'll, uh, you can sit at our table. I just found out uh, Maria Marino is going to be there, too. No way. She DM'd me on Instagram. See you Thursday. I'm like, wait, is there something I don't know? The random part of that is she DM'd you on Instagram instead of, like, texting you. Well, she, no, she sent me. She slid into your DMs. She sent me an old picture of us doing karaoke. <laughs> ah, I was there. She's like, oh, I missed this. And I was like, me too. It was a great time. It was great. She was, she... It was me, you, Dane, and Florio in that pic. Yeah, it was a good picture. And Maria, obviously. There you go. That is, uh, that is Matt Modica. <laughs> Maddie. We're we're just about a we're just about a minute away here from uh from finding out what our what our draft picks are. I wish you luck, my friend. I can hear Frank's heartbeat from here. <laughs> yes, good luck. Uh, it's good. We're gonna have a blast on Saturday. It's it's gonna be worth every penny. And we'll be covering it, by the way. We'll be uh, I will be there live covering your draft and not paying attention to anything else. Yeah, and I Trust also me, told always say nice things about me, Sussman. Believe me, Matt. I know I know your background. <laughs> I, uh, I did say earlier on in the show that we are covering the event, and I'm sure you'll just be ripping my team apart the entire time. No, I can't do that in front of your, all these people. i got to p- push you up, man. All right, we'll see what happens. Push Hour up. two coming up next. We have Venture joining in studio. 140, we have Jim Day. It's Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network.